0: So this is an excerpt from The Gift of Being Yourself, The Sacred Call to Self-Discovery by David G. Benner, in Chapter 4, Knowing Yourself as You Really Are. The self that God persistently loves is not my pretty up pretend self, but my actual self, the real me. But, master of delusion that I am, I have trouble penetrating my web of self-deceptions and knowing this real me. I continually confuse it with some ideal self that I wish I were. The roots of our pretend self lie in our childhood discovery that we can secure love by presenting ourselves in the most flattering light. A little girl hides her hatred of her brother because she knows that she should love him. This lack of integrity is then reinforced by her parents, who commend her loving behavior. A young boy denies his resentment after he fails to get something he desires. In doing so, he takes a step toward a loss of awareness of what he is really feeling. In short, we learn to fake it, appearing as we think important others want us to be, and ignoring the evidence to the contrary. This may all seem quite innocent, however it sheds its innocence when we lose touch with our actual experience, because this always involves a diminishment of of our grounding in reality. Thomas Burton warns there is no greater disaster in the spiritual life than to be immersed in unreality for life in main- is maintained and nourished in us by our vital relation with reality the truly spiritual life is not an escape from reality but a total commitment to it most of us quite willing to embrace reality when it fits with us most of us are quite willing to embrace reality when it fits with us how we see ourselves in the world and when it is not overly unpleasant. However, when our life experiences confront us with things about ourselves that we are unwilling to accept, we call on psychological defence mechanisms to help maintain a sense of safety and stability. While these unconscious strategies help with short-term coping, they block long-term growth. This is because they distort reality. Ultimately, their function is to protect us from unpleasant truth. The human capacity for self-deception is astounding. This is taught by scripture, and confirmed by psychology. Some people are highly skilled in deceiving others. However, this duplicity pales in comparison with the endless creative ways in which each and every one of us deceives ourselves. Self-deception occurs automatically. This is part of what psychologists mean when they say that the defense mechanisms operate in the unconscious. It is also part of what theologians mean when they speak of original sin. You don't really have to choose self-deception. It is, to use contemporary computer jargon, the default option. We are usually quite adept at identifying self-deception in others. In someone else, we easily see a rigid embrace of niceness at the expense of of any acknowledgement of anger or resentment. This is the defense mechanism of reaction formation. Some some unacceptable feeling or impulse is eliminated from awareness by our expression of its opposite. In another person, we identify a rationalization when they give a good reason for their behavior but not the real reason. In yet someone else, a simple denial of feelings that are obviously present illustrates the most basic form of self-deception that exists. Recognising the same things in ourselves is much more difficult. The penetration of our delusions is enormously challenging. It requires a relentless commitment to truth and a deep sense of freedom from fear of rejection. Nothing facilitates this like the knowledge of being deeply loved. Spiritual transformation involves the purification of sight. Jesus said that if our eye is healthy, our whole body will be full of light. We have to learn to see and accept what is really there. Stripping away our illusions is part of this process, as it reorients us towards reality. To see God as God is not as who we want God to be, requires that we see ourselves as we actually are. For the same cloud of illusions obscures our view of both God and ourselves. So that's... The first part of chapter four of the, the book The Gift of Being Yourself. So I guess it's just talking a little bit about authentic self and our pretend self and that being a bit of a security blanket or a defense mechanism for what we truly are. What was something that captured you from that reading? <laughs>
1: I can understand being there, not being authentic. Um, when you sort of you're young and a bit of a bit of a chameleon, and you you can taught yourself to fit in with the group you're in, and your values are not as solid, so you you tilt your values depending on the audience, stuff like that. Yeah. I think the best way to do it is probably... um, Make sure your words and your actions are aligned with your values. But that takes confidence and you've got to learn assertiveness. And you've got to have the confidence to be able to um, let people down or not... If, If you always... If you're worried about fitting in and worried about having everyone like you and that, well, it's you can't do that and be authentic because everyone is going... Everyone's on a different level of how sure they are of themselves and if they find something that makes them feel uncomfortable or their values are being um being questioned just by you being yourself and asserting your values and if it's not the group value well then that it makes them feel uncomfortable so you either bend to make every everyone feel great or you 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 sometimes um hurt people not hurt people, but makes people feel uncomfortable, and that could try lead them to try and um, sort of undermine your own value system. But I think a good way of dealing with that is by being genuinely nice and interested, and not being judgmental. So just because you have a value or you think one way. If someone shows a bit of themselves, and um, you don't necessarily agree with it, I think it's it's um, not a healthy sort of um, uh, way to think or be. Um, if you if you're judgmental, of course it's it's unless that person's. Assertive in themselves, they're gonna feel um, diminished by it, and probably like you less so, or at least have a problem with you for a moment. And if you're if you're wanting to please anyone, well, those two things aren't congruent.
0: Yeah. So, what do you think stops us from being our authentic self? Mm. Like you explained a bit of it in there, but
1: um, I think. I think we're fairly authentic when we're young and then as we get into teenager and early 20s we generally try to um, impress and we sort of we try and fit in with where we're at and who we associate with and we also try and be the best versions of ourselves but in a way where we're not we haven't got the knowledge of how to how to remain true to yourself so we 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 take on parts of our identity which are false to ourselves and we also try and um we're just willing to please and because we're not mature and sure of ourselves, we're, and we haven't worked out what our values are, we we look outward for that instead of internally and ask ourselves, um, what do I believe, what's best for me? And we, because we do that, we, um, yeah, we we become false. And it's only when we grow a bit older and we shed those layers, I feel. I mean, some people might do it at a younger age, but I think most people it's a maturing thing. Mm. And then some of us get to the stage, some people never get to the stage where they go, well what do i believe in what do i feel is good for me what what are my values what are, what are my boundaries what am i willing to do what am i willing not to do how how do i speak what is my voice and while it's not about being rude and just saying this attitude of i am who i am and i oh, i if people don't like it like it's you still be sensible and you still Aware of other people's um, places in life. It's not about asserting you into everything and saying dominating your values over everybody else. It's being sure of your own values. So so when um, so when you're in a group, you can you can be genuine. Without thinking, what are they going to think about me? Uh, they might be a bit posher than you. So, you, what am I going to talk a bit better English around them? Yeah.
0: Um. It's funny because I reckon we like who like we like the people who like us. Yeah. So, like you naturally gravitate to people who you think like you. Mm-hmm. But all at the same time, at the same time as this, you've got this thing going where you're pretending to be someone where you're not in well, not like not you. I'm saying, i just saying generally, yeah. you pretend to be someone that you're not, and they're gravitating wanting, towards that. Yeah, they're gravitating towards this false self. Yeah, and you're 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 just yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But
1: yeah, yeah, and it's it, and then you've got this thing where do you expose yourself and try and be more natural to who you are or be genuine and then feel like, oh, you're going to make people who know you, for one thing, uncomfortable or they mightn't like you anymore. You've changed.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean?
0: When in reality they'll probably like you more or they might yeah. not like you at all and that's probably a good thing because you yeah. are not liking who you are in the first place. So. I
1: think it's that thing about... Needing to be liked, yeah. which is, uh, I was terrible at it. I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted to be liked. You know, some scar when I was younger caused me to need need approval from everyone. And that really made it hard for me to just be um, myself. But now I like approval. And it it definitely hurts me when people who I respect and look up to sort of because their values are different to mine or they've like because I'm sort of outside the, I don't run with the herd, I think for myself, while they've sort of played it by the book um, and ticked all the right boxes with what you're supposed to do in life. And they see me as sort of um, uh, lesser or or not on the level because I don't, I'm not, I'm not fitting into the box that uh, they see as what a good person should be, especially Christians do that, and. It's like I might have different values, but that doesn't mean they're lesser values or they're dodgy values, or, or they're not. Um, they're just different, and I, and I think it's it's really about a, 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 either a narrow perspective of what's what's best, where most people will fit in that box, and you can say tick, you've done well. But the reality is, we don't all fit in fit in a box. Maybe a a, a, a the 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 line share of people might fit in a box, but then the world needs other people yeah and you can have this narrow view that that box is where people should be, but it's not reality,
0: mm.
1: you know what I mean yeah, yeah, like people are uh uh people are different, and we need different people mm. and um and I think the happiest people are the ones that. Don't try and fit in that box yeah. because it's like a cage in a way. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's funny because when you um you're trying to critique my writing and stuff, you say that I pander to the audience.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that's got a bit to do with it too. Like yeah, trying to be um someone or perceived as something to yeah people that you're writing to or whatever. Yeah. Like that's a more that's a more maybe explicit and confronting thing, but. it's easier to kind of think about rather than just having a conversation with someone and changing your skin by depending on who the person is that you're talking to Yeah.
1: yeah yeah i i yeah i know what you mean and if you keep writing you'll get to that stage where you're just writing authentically and genuine about you and you're not trying to think of you're not trying to put your best foot forward. Like, yeah. put, you know, you haven't got makeup on. Yeah. You're just showing your ugly truth. Yeah. And if people... And that, that sort of means that, you know, it means that you're not going to be seen as perfect or whatever, but it also means you're genuine and yeah. real and... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's when we try and be... Oh, I know when I used to write, my writing was terrible because I was trying to prove something. There was something yeah. there that I was trying to prove. Like, to
0: other people, not to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I was trying to be... And, and it was just so... It, it was... It was oh, there's a saying for it. it oh, well, it's like I am smart writing. I am so smart writing. Mm. Where you're trying to be intelligent. You're not just trying to be... You're not just trying to put on the page what your thoughts are. You're trying to be intelligent.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think also as you grow up, you... We take certain values, what is important to us, and we overcompensate with that. So I know with me it was intelligence... So, my thing that I'd do with people is try and prove that I was smart. Yeah. So, it'd be always, whatever conversation I was in or any anything, it'd be about trying to project the idea that I was smart. Yeah. So, in that, you to send the piss out of people, but I couldn't see that because, but it also meant, if, if I was in an argument, I'd try and win the argument instead yeah. of try and come to the best conclusion. Yeah. It'd be I I I I'm in the I am so smart mode, and I it, it meant that sometimes I'd perform well because I'd I'd have my brain switched on to win, yeah. like like show that I'm the best and I'm the smartest. Yeah. But um it it it, it was yeah there was huge downsides to it, and it, and when I stopped trying to prove to people I was smart and said to myself. I'm smart and sort of had a look around instead of internalising it and trying to take those eyeballs and look at me and worry about those eyeballs looking at me. I grew up and my eyeballs started looking at them mm. and I started judging them. That's when you... and lot, not, not bad judgment, but like...
0: Critiquing.
1: Critiquing people and realising, well, I am ahead of the curve but what I'm really doing is making other people feel less by being being in I am so smart mode yeah. instead of trying to get the best out of them and showing their good qualities.
0: Yeah. And what did you think of that conditioning stuff? Like when it talks about the little girl who hides her hatred of her brother because she knows she should love him and then the lack of integrity is then reinforced by the parents who commend her loving behaviour. What did you think about that stuff? Um... In the in the lens of us raising our daughter, like, what what do you think is the right way to go and approach it? Like, we are conditioning her, like in like whether we like it or not, we're yeah. trying to teach her the right way of behaving, the wrong way of doing things, and she gets reprimanded when she does the wrong thing. She gets encouraged when she does the right thing. Or
1: yeah, we are going to steer her. No, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But I think it's about making sure she's got human values and not trying to, like, trying to create, create trying to create a good, well-rounded adult rather than the best of the best adult, because that's when they'll they might excel, you know what I mean, in in a certain field, but they'll have all these um, shortcomings. Yeah yeah because they're just like or or we're pushed it so she hides one part of herself or diminishes it and just um doesn't doesn't like like if we were to decide this early on what she's going to do with her life yeah and it'd be mean that we'd squash everything down that didn't fit into that reality and then that would come out in different ways or something or
0: I just mean more covertly than that like in terms of like when when she smiles we react in a good loving way because we want that to keep happening we want her to keep smiling and obviously like it's a very weird thing to talk about but like when she's grumpy we don't want her to keep doing that and so we kind of reinforce what we want to reinforce and don't what we don't not that we wanted to be like a scientist or something but in terms of like
1: I think it's about extremes but I think it, there's it, it's she's got to learn the boundaries of behaviour. Yeah. But if she thinks that she always has to be happy or she has to show mum and dad a face and if she doesn't, Mm. then she's letting us down. Yeah. I think that's when the real problem comes. Yeah. Like as long as she can be fully human and have moments and we say to her, that's all right, we're all like that, you know. Yeah. We've got to, we have those moments mm. rather than we don't do that in this house. Yeah. You don't do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think it's a bit just about being balanced and um, not be extreme in any degree yeah. or, or place our values that we either, or, or the things we're good at or the values that we place that we... Um, we blanket her with them and don't let her grow as an individual. Yeah. Because she's not going to... That's what I did wrong with Will. I expected a little Ricky. Yeah. I wanted a Ricky 2.0. Yeah. And when it wasn't going that way, Mm. I'd get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess there's a difference between sharing what we love and what we're on about with her compared with, trying to force something that doesn't fit with who she will end up being. Mm -hmm.